Welcome to the Alito Bearcats Coaches Show Podcast from Real Country 92.1 Hank FM. Brought to you by H5 Sports Barn in Alito. Recorded live every Monday night at 7 from the new Jake's Burgers in Alito. And now with Alito Bearcats head coach Robbie Jones, the voice of the Bearcats, Kevin Longquist. Far side, one to the near. That's Caden Finley. And it'll be a give over the right side to Hawk Daniels. Breaks a tackle to the five, keeps his feet. And he will score. Touchdown, Alito Bearcats. And the Bearcats were off to a 22 to nothing lead in that uh, state semifinal game over 40. They went on to win comfortably by a score of 43 to 7. We welcome you to the state championship edition of the Alito Coaches Show podcast here on 92.1 Hank FM. As the Bearcats going for state title number 12, they're making their 14th appearance overall. This coming Friday night, 7 o'clock kickoff at AT&T Stadium against Smithson Valley. The Bearcats are 11-2 all-time in state championship game. And if you didn't know, the two losses have been by one point. Tells you how good they've been when it comes to the state championship game. But again, 6.30 will be the pregame show on Hank FM. Kickoff will be at 7 o'clock. And uh, want to thank you throughout the course of these uh, downloading on these podcasts and on YouTube that we've had over 200 of them over the last each of the last three weeks. Huge show for you this evening. We have three segments. Of course, we're going to start off with Coach Jones. Our second segment will have the offensive side with quarterback Haas Haney, tight end Tyson Timms, and then on our third segment, we're going to have safety Jake Gillespie and linebacker Devon Keys. All right, Coach, congratulations. 43-7 to over Forney. All three phases of this team executed so well in this game. I don't even know if you want to say how, if it was a surprise or just a, a great feeling of satisfaction of how every phase clicked on Friday night in right. Midlothian. It was a great feeling because we've have, you know, we we played great offensively and maybe not great defensively, and then we would have a, a deal where we would play really good defensively, maybe not so good offensively. So it was right. great to put together a, a complete game. You know, uh, there's still rooms for us to improve, uh, but I feel like our guys can do it this week. Now let's ask a little bit about this. Did you think? you all could could dominate a game like this. I mean, a pretty solid team over there in Forney. I mean, you don't win a regional championship without you know, having some things go your way, and you're a very good team. Exceptional running back, too, in JV and Osborne over there. But did this domination, though, surprise you the way it unfolded like it did on Friday? You know, I, it did surprise me a little bit, but uh, I know what our guys are capable of. And when our guys go out and they play with great intensity and they go out and execute the way they did the uh, the other night, they're a very difficult team to stop. And you, yeah, I was going to say, and the one thing about this team, especially in this playoff run, Robbie, and we've seen these deep runs before where the running game has led the way. And we've talked about this running game you know, several times. You know, in, in, in past playoff runs, you all have been 200-plus here, 200-plus there. But this is four straight weeks of 300 rushing yards or more, 361 against Forney. And you didn't even need Ray Guillory for this one in this game. I mean, that's the thing that maybe stands out about how impressive and how physical this team has been, at least on that part of the football. Right. It shows you, you know, how dominant our offensive line has been the last couple of weeks. You yeah. Know, those guys work, you know, they're unselfish. They do everything that's asked uh, of them. And then you got to also look at what the receivers are doing downfield to, to right. make those runs go a, a lot further. You know, if our receivers weren't downfield blocking, you know, those some of those – 15, 20-yard plays would just be about five or six, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, we're doing a really good job blocking. You know, the, the wind played a little bit of a factor in, right. in us uh, being so heavy run last week. We don't have to worry about the wind, you know, inside <laughs> no, you this don't. week. So, you know, uh, I expect us to be able to throw the ball a lot more this time. 
because we are indoors and we don't have the big strong win. Now, I was going to ask you, uh, your decision when you uh, won the toss, but you deferred your choice to the second half, and again, it worked out the way you wanted it to, but is if you make them go against the win, and you guys had the win at your back, and of course you guys get the short field to score, I mean, you get the short field on the first score, and then of course you get the block punt on the second, on the second score, and so... I think it's one of those things that if you are if you play it right and if you get the wind at your back to start and you're making them chase the game going against the wind, that makes it feel like it's doubly tough for them. Yeah, that was the plan all along, you know. Uh, and and I was hoping to win the toss, which we did. And then the plan was to defer the second half so that we were kicking with the wind. You put the wind in their face, you know, right away. And if our defense could get a quick stop, which they did, then they're having to punt into that win, and that led to a short field. You know, so that was you know the idea of deferring for the second half. Your, your defense has been so consistent and really improving here over the last several weeks. I mean, I realize that uh, you know it, it's one thing now they're getting the turnovers. They had a they did a great job uh, against uh, Crawford, uh, their quarterback for forty. But I think the most impressive thing was uh, again going back to JV and Osborne. Thirteen carries, forty nine yards. One of those was the twenty two yard touchdown run. Their only his only or their only score of the night, rather. But the other 12 carries for 27 yards. That's two and a half yards a pop. And even on the two catches that he had on screens, one went for four, and then on the second one, he lost the four that he gained on the first one. You guys did a great job of sniffing him out. Yeah, they did a great job. Our defensive line's been playing really well uh, here recently, playing really good against the run. You know, the, the one long run that he did get, we were misaligned. Uh, so we had one misalignment that, that led to that 22-yard touchdown. You know, if we didn't have that, you know, he wouldn't have had that much, you know, yardage. Yeah. And so was it the key of, was it just basically just having your defensive front get physical with their, phys, with their offensive line and limit what creases he could find? Yeah, the, we, were, we were physical uh, all night with those guys, and, you know, and that pays off. You know, normally the, the most physical team is going to win the football game. That's one of the things we preach, be more physical than them play harder than them, you know, and be smart and take care of the football. You know, I, I go back to maybe, I don't know how much you all get to look, I mean, I don't know if you get to look at all the films that you want to now. I think there used to be a rule that you could only look at three games, but I think you can look at as many games as you want on them. Is that fair to say? Or how Yeah, that? now the UIL has it to where if one coach wants to trade all games, you have to trade all games. Okay. You know? And you can make an agreement with them to, hey, let's just trade five or let's just trade six. But if one of us wants to trade all of them, you might as well trade them all because with the way Huddle is today, and right. you know, you just get on the computer and send it to somebody. You know, you're going to know somebody that's played them and get three or four games, which is the way things used to work out. Right. You know, right. But nowadays, you just trade them all. Okay. So in that case, I don't know if you to what if you looked at the Longview film against Osborne because that was his second or his, at the time it was his lowest uh, production of the season, about 76 yards, and you guys hold them. You, you hold Javian 27 yards below that. Uh, what did you see in the Longview film that maybe stood out why he was so frustrated that night against them? Uh, they're a very physical defense just like ours, you know, and, and I knew going in that we were going to be real similar, you know, as far as that physicality uh, and flying to the football and, and making things uh, hard on him. Yeah, and they were for sure. Now let's uh, switch over to your special teams because the previous two weeks you've had some frustrations with their their kickoff coverage team against Red Oak and, of course, the punt team uh, against Abilene the week before. But this week – Right on par. You couldn't have asked for anything better to go. You know, you get the block punt to set up the first or second score rather. Then in, in this, you know, in a, kind of an odd kickoff on, when you all score to start the second half, and then that ball just goes squibbing down the middle of the field, hits one of their second row guys, free ball. You guys cover it, and so you guys were able to take advantage of that. Yeah, but I mean, started off both halves that way. You know, we got the the early stop and then score, and then we got the block punt, and then 
you know, start the second half, we got the, the kickoff. And, you know, that's just the, the ball bounces funny on those squib kicks sometimes, right. and that kid didn't handle it well. Uh, so, you know, and we were able to get down the field and, and make play on it. And one thing I was going to ask you, getting back to your defense here, was, you know, we talked about the, how physical they've been on the run defense, but as far as, like, the pass rush has been concerned, we've really seen that come alive here even more over the last couple of weeks. Anything that's changed about in terms of approach when it comes to these uh, opposing passing games? We're doing a better job getting pressure up front. You know, that was one of the problems uh, early in the year was we weren't getting a whole lot of pressure with our down linemen. Uh, but here recently, those guys have been playing, like I said, they've been playing a lot better, and they're getting pressure on the quarterback, which, you know, limits his time back there to find an open receiver. Yep, and that's going to be important for this week, too, against Smithson Valley if you're going to get state championship number 12 here. And the other thing I was going to mention, we've talked about this before, too, is how healthy this defensive unit has been. I mean, you did have issues with Carson Dempsey and Cooper Cyphers with their, you know, uh, Carson having his surgery earlier in the year, and then Cooper having the hand issue there, but Outside of maybe Ben McElroy missing a game here or, or Kai Howington missing a little game here and there, you guys have been so healthy on that side of the ball. Yeah, knock on wood on that right there, yeah. you know, because, yeah, we need them to be healthy for one more football game, you know, get through one more game uh, that way. Uh, we were bragging a few weeks ago about our offense, you know, finally being healthy, finally having everybody. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then in the first quarter of uh, the Abilene game, we scored 28 points, but uh, we had about four guys get injured. And uh, so I'm never going to bring that up. So you can blame that on me then, okay? You can just you can throw me under the bus on that. Okay, so let's switch gears here for a second because the UIL cutoff numbers were officially released on Friday. And uh, you all came in at 2267, eight below the cutoff on what the, what the lowest number was going to be for 6A at 2275. I mean, think about it. That's eight students below what the cutoff number was. When you saw that number, what went through your mind? You know, uh I, it was kind of what I was expecting. Was it to be uh, somewhere close to there, you know? So, you know, we, we were good with going either way with it. You know, we, we like being uh, 5A for two more years. You know, gives us two more years, you know, to grow a little bit before we go up to, to 6A. You know, but there's going to be some really good uh, football teams in 5A Division One. Uh, you got Highland Park dropping down. Right. Uh, you also have DeSoto, who's probably the best team in the state of Texas right now. And there's been some talk, too, about whether DeSoto – would consider petitioning to stay at, at 6A. That just seems to be some talk about that. Yeah, and, and who knows? Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that decision has been made yet. I don't know uh, what goes into all that. But, you know, they, they could stay 5A or they could decide that, hey, listen, we're, you know, we're doing what we're doing in 6A and, and we want to continue with the competition of the 6A level. Now, knowing that you know now, and, of course, you don't know your district yet. You won't know that until the first uh, Monday, Tuesday, or fe- February. But... Do you have a better sense of what your non-district might look like? I know you've mentioned Geyer uh, yeah. previously. Yeah, we, we, we've got some things lined up. They're not set in stone, uh, and it all depends on how many teams are placed in our district. You know, uh, if you look out west, there's three El Paso teams, there's three Amarillo teams, and three Lubbock teams that are 5A mm-hmm. Division One. Right. So you got to think that they might create one district out there with all those guys. Uh, which would probably send Abilene uh, in with us, mm-hmm. you know. So there's no telling what's going to happen uh, with that. But yeah, uh, we've got some things lined up with some people that are not 5A Division One. You know, we're we're still looking for some, uh, but you know, you know, we're definitely playing Guy uh, first first game next year. Okay, got you on that. Okay, so now let's take a look at this week's state championship game against the Smithson Valley Rangers. They're 14 and one. Beat Brownsville Veterans Memorial. This past Friday down in Corpus Christi, 49-21. When you looked at their film 
from that uh, semifinal victory there, what did you see from that team? You know, the main thing was just how physically, you know, tall they are, tall, long uh, kids, you know, and, and they were dominant against uh, the Brownsville team. And, you know, they're, they're really well coached. You know, they got uh, Larry Hill there, who's a Hall of Fame coach, over 300 victories. These guys are, are kind of an old school, you know, type mentality. Uh, they play really good defense. You know, their defense is really similar to ours. I mentioned this to you earlier that, right. you know, uh, Coach Hill and his defensive staff came down a few years ago. I believe it was when Coach Wood was still the head coach. And they met with Coach Wood and Coach uh, McCone uh, about our defense and talked defense with them, you know, for an entire day. You know, not knowing that, you know, eventually we're going to play these guys <laughs> in a state championship. Yeah looking at the mirror on something like that yeah. <laughs> and so but again it's going to come down to players and execution and, and handling the nerves as the game unfolds that sort of thing right. as well and yeah. so uh, their quarterback is a uh, Ryland Walker they have a, a dynamic wide receiver in Texas commit Freddie DuBose uh, and they have two pretty good running backs one who may not play this week that's Brad Sowersby he looks like he got hurt against uh Brownsville uh, on Friday night but their other one Daniel DeHoyas uh, had a couple of touchdowns there when you watch this that offense there what what kind of jumps out to you especially when you have a guy like Walker leading that offense you know they're very consistent you know they're good at what they do they're going to run you know real similar schemes like just almost like we're talking about their defense a minute ago right. real similar schemes to what we do they run a lot of inside zone they run a lot of stretch and then they are really good at play action off of those plays so you know we got to be good in all phases is that a case where, like a Dubose, and you go, and you again, you've seen so many great receivers during the course of this playoff run, even throughout this season. I'm going to start off with Josiah Martin up at Denton Geyer, and of course, then you saw the, the twins over at uh, Red Oak a couple weeks ago. And so, but what is the problem that maybe Dubose could, fi- uh, could pose for you? Uh, physically, he's, he's tall, you know, uh, big body, you know, not necessarily the speed like uh, we saw with the Red Oak guys, you know, but he's still got some speed. Uh, but then, you know, he's just tall. Okay. And then on the defensive side, we talked about them. They're going to run the 4-3 because of their meetings with you all a few years ago. I had seen somewhere that they probably have like 7 to 10 defensive touchdowns this year. So yeah. they like to be opportunistic. But, again, you've run into opportunistic teams like that. You saw it with Cooper. You saw it with Red Oak. And, of course, you saw it with Abilene, especially with Abilene, because that's how Abilene made its deep run like that. So when you face a defense that wants to – for lack of a better word, gamble, but wants to take advantage of that. What's the message to your team in something like that? we got to take care of the football. That's the message every week. You know, we can't give them extra possessions. You know, uh, that will lead to them, you know, having a better chance to beat us, you know, by giving them extra possessions. So we, we try not to give them extra possessions. They get those turnovers because they are, you know, so disciplined and well coached. You know, so they're in the right spots. You, you're not going to you know, get into a situation where you're going to trick them. Right. You know, they're, 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 they're smart kids too. You know, you can get on uh, line and look at their Twitters and all that, and they got their GPAs uh, posted there, and they're 4.0s and 3.9s and 3.8s. So, right. you know, real similar to uh, Alito-type kids, you know, just being really smart kids uh, that go out and play football really hard and, and do what they're asked to do. This is a program that's making its fourth appearance all-time in the state championship, but their first as a 5A. They were, well, when 5A was 5A back in the early 2000s, and uh, that's when – that's when it's now 6A, but this is their first appearance in, in 20 years. By the way, their defense is led by linebacker slash defensive end Jackson Maynard and then safety uh, Diego Davila. Uh, but I wanted to ask you just finally, because this program has been through this week after or year after year, rather, in terms of just going through the week of preparation of a state championship game. You, the media day is on Tuesday where everyone kind of comes in and gets all their interviews, notes, things of that nature. 
What's the work week like for you all? Because it, does it change? Does it is it pretty much the normal as you would like? You're getting ready for Saginaw, and as you're yep. getting ready for the Colony, it, it, it's the same. You know, we practice the same way. You know, for a state championship game, just like we do for a Saginaw Brewer. You know, whoever we are playing, you know, that particular week. You know, so none of that changes, you know. Now, you do have to have the, the media day and, and stuff like that. And, you know, you can't believe how many people that, you know, haven't covered us all year. All of a sudden, you know, we're one of their teams that they want to cover now, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, we have to tell them, no, we, we don't really want you coming to practice and talking to our kids right after practice. We're going to have a media day on Tuesday, and all you guys show up then. Yeah, and that kind of works that way. And then, uh, and then for you, uh, you personally, just in terms of, when do you think your game plan for this one is already in place? Is it in place now, or does it get finalized by, like, Wednesday or anything of that no, nature? The, the game plan's in place. We put the game plan in place every week on Sunday. You know, Sunday the game plan's in. Now, you know, as you go through the week, you know, as the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, you see stuff that you really don't like and you just scrap it, you know, and you then focus on the things that you really, really like to do. Okay, and then just one last thing is before we, you know, because Devon Keys will be joining us here in the third segment. The, the season that he's had, just in terms of just productivity on both sides of the ball and how physical he's been, what has his, you know, just emergence or just taking it to the next level meant to help this team get into this point again this You know, year? He's, he's helped lead this team to the point where we're at, you know. He, he does his work over on defense, and then when we ask him to come over to offense, he's coming over and producing, you know, not only when he's just, carrying the ball and scoring touchdowns but also you know we, we might have him lead block for Haas you know so you know he he's a versatile guy that you know you really you know you can't lose a guy like that you know during this the season and luckily he's been able to stay healthy he had the little ankle sprain against Denton Ryan mm-hmm. uh, but luckily we had the, the bye week the next week so he recovered from that real quick you know but you know just a great leader uh, by example you know he's not the most vocal guy in the world uh, but you know if you want to build a football team and you want to say, hey, look, go look at this guy. Watch what this guy does on a daily basis and go be like him. Mm-hmm. And if we can get you know more guys like that, we're going to be better next year. Absolutely. All right, Coach. Well, listen, we're looking forward to it this coming Friday evening, 7 o'clock. And uh, continued luck in uh, getting prepared for this one against Smithson Valley. And we'll see you Friday at Jerry World. All right, thank you. All right. When we come back for the second segment, we'll be joined by Haas Haney as well as Tyson Din- Timms. Stick around. The podcast returns after this timeout. Devon Keys with the carry, running to the 10, to the 5, throws his shoulder into a defensive back, and he scores. Touchdown, Alito Bearcats. And that was the final touchdown that the Bearcats scored, the fourth one for Devon Keys. We'll hear from Devon here in just a little moment here in the third segment. We welcome you back to the Alito Coaches Show podcast, the state championship edition, as the Bearcats are getting ready to take on the Smithson Valley Rangers. 7 o'clock is the kickoff at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Pre-game show on Hank FM is at 6.30. I want to remind you that we are brought to you by H5 Sports Barn and Knife Physio. H5 Sports Barn and Knife Physio and performance can help unlock your athletic potential and elevate your game like the Alito Bearcats with expert sports physical therapy, tailored recovery plans, and top-notch sports performance training. H5 Sports Barn, proud supporter of the Alito Bearcats. Real quick, Alito alumni report, uh, former defensive back for the Bearcats, uh, B.J. Allen, who is at Texas, uh, entered the transfer portal last week, so we'll have to wait and see where his future will take him uh, as far as his next stop in his college football journey. We're joined now by quarterback Haas Haney, who is to my left, and then to my far left here is uh, the tight end Tyson Timms. And, uh, guys, good to have you back. 
I think this is appearance number five for you and appearance number two for you. Yes, sir. Okay, so Haas, let's just talk about last week's game. I was talking with Coach Jones about this in terms of just, again, the quick start for you guys. Score the first couple of times you touch the football. You take advantage of the short field. Of course, you get the block punt from Devon that sets up the other score. But the way you guys have attacked these games so fast, uh, does it even kind of stun you on how quickly you guys have started here? And I'm going back to Red Oak and then Ablin and, of course, uh, Forney. I mean, it doesn't really stun us at all because that's the ex- expectation headed in any game is we got to, you know, hit the ground running and, you know, you know, show them that, you know, we're here to play and that, you, you know, you're not going to be able to play with us. So, you know, it's set, it setting the tone, especially with the run game last week. I mean, mm-hmm. you obviously saw that. We put 300 yards on the ground and, you know, it worked all night. So, you know, we didn't, you know, stray from it. And, you know, we ran the ball well last week. You've been running it well the last four weeks. Four consecutive weeks where you guys have run for over 300 yards in a game. I think the total was 361. So, Tyson, since you're on the edge there, you're chipping off the, the tackle spot there. What's been kind of like when you're going through these games where you guys have just been wearing these guys down? What do you sense on the opposing side, you know, the, the defensive front of the linebackers who are just getting – I mean, because I talked to the Williams brothers mm-hmm. about this. But just from your perspective, when you're watching the game unfold like this – do you see the, sh- the, the body language shift? Do you see any frustration come out of these players as this game is unwinding like this? Yeah, well, um, with how fast we start, um, well, the defense usually comes out flying, but then once we put up two, three scores on them, um, you can definitely tell there's a shift in body language, and you can tell that they're defeated already, like with Red Oak after our third score, after Ray took off um, on a 70-something yard touchdown. 78, yeah. Yeah. He, the whole defense was just shut down, and we've seen that week in, week out. And then once you see that, it's game over. And all they do, have, all they do after that is they just try to talk smack, but we just talk smack with our shoulder pads and go get tail. <laughs> That's, yeah. Actions speak louder than words, right? <laughs> yes, so, um, so let's talk. Okay, we talked about this too, Haas, where, you know, no regularity on Friday night. And I, I would think, that, and we kind of talked a little bit last week uh, off air that there might be a chance that they're going to run you a little bit more in these last, in these, for as long as the postseason run is. You had over about 130 yards on uh, Friday night against Forney. What's that like just to kind of get back in that swing? You've had a couple hundred yard games, but now it seems like with Ray's situation up in the air for Friday, that you're going to probably be asked to do, do pretty much the same that you did against Forney. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. The past game, you know, it wasn't really our strong suit last Friday. I mean, they, they did a good job defending that, and, you know, our run game was working early on. So, you know, going into the halftime, we were averaging seven yards of carry in the first half. So, right. you know, the run game was obviously going to be the emphasis. And, you know, with Ray being hurt and, you know, having Hawk back there, we can't afford to lose Hawk. So, you know, I'm going to be, you know, running the ball a little bit, which I did. And, you know, our O-line and did a good job of blocking. Our receivers did a good job of blocking downfield because – like Coach Jones said earlier, a five-yard run, you know, turns into a 15 to 20-yard run when you got receivers downfield blocking for you. So, um, you know, that, that helped out huge last week for us. And let's talk about this too, uh, Tyson, because really these either it's a stretch player or it's just going to come outside where you guys have done a great job of between you or your tackle, depending on where you're lined up with the receivers, how they've pinched everybody in. Uh, they've just created that. They've sealed everything off there mm-hmm. so that that hole just becomes wide open. What's kind of the, not to give away any secrets, but what's the key in something like that in terms of those plays on the edge being set up for big plays like they become? Um, well, the two main things is you got to take the right angle. Um, you can't go where the guy is at. You got to go where the guy is going to be. 
um, and that comes with experience. Um, you know, if you would have asked me this last year, week one against Parrish, um, <laughs> I wouldn't have an answer for you. <laughs> but, um, you know, with experience, you learn that. And then uh, second thing is just, like, hand placement because if you don't have your hands inside you have them out, A, you can get called for holding, and two, the defender's probably just going to toss you off. All right. And so in terms of just when you see that kind of hole develop or, or just like, like the C parts on for you, or if you see it develop for Hawk, what kind of goes through your mind? It's like, do you want to hit it faster or do you want to just kind of let the play develop, Haas, in terms of just how you want to approach something, a play like that? Is it like, I want to, if that, if you see it open up, can you, do you want to just like, I want to take that first step and get faster through it or do, or do you need to be patient with something like that you know so, sometimes you need to be patient and you know let blocks develop because you know sometimes an old lineman is pulling and he's got to you know get through here and then work to you know a middle linebacker or some sort of backer and you know, that takes time sometimes because they got a lot of ruckus going on down there so sometimes you do need to be more patient and read it a little bit but sometimes you got to get down here downhill and vertical and not let guys catch you and you know get away from those kind of things so yeah was this game against Forney I mean, not so much the fact that you all won in convincing fashion, but the fact that this thing was pretty much over at halftime. Did that even surprise you? And when you were talking about a state semifinal game, where, of course, this is totally 180 of what happened last year against Longview, but did that surprise you, Tyson, on how quickly this thing got out of hand so fast? Um, if I'm being completely honest, no, not really. Um, I was really confident in the game plan. You know, all week we'd been executing really well. And um, you think uh, the coaches put in a great game plan. Um, the coaches trust us to go make plays. And um, the scoreboard spoke for itself. And I think uh, the, per the first two games, or before that, so Red Oak and Abilene, you know, really gave us confidence in ourselves. Um, so we were able to go out and execute and, like, just go do our thing. And, and then for you, Haas, I, I think the one thing that stands out for me from this performance was how complete it was. All three phases were, were clicking. Obviously, you all did what you, need, what you needed to do on offense. Defense completely shut them down, including JV and Osborne, their talented running back. They didn't even get to 50 yards in the ball game. And then your special teams, which has had some up and down moments, created two opportunities for you. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better way to get into the state championship game with this kind of performance. Oh, for sure. It, Coach Jones, you know, really talked about before this game, we need to have a complete game, like you said, which we did because, you know, Early on in the playoffs, you know, offense did well sometimes, defense didn't do so well, and, you know, defense did really well sometimes, offense didn't, and then special teams, we've had some flukes here and there. So, you know, really emphasis going into this game is if we're going to win this football game, we need to have a complete game, which we did, and, you know, props to the coaches for, you know, emphasizing on all three phases of, of, of the game, and, you know, all we had to do was go out and execute, like Tyson said, and, um, you know, we came out on top. All right, so let's just talk about moving ahead, to, uh, looking at uh – Smithson Valley here, 14-1. and one. They won their semifinal game over Brownsville Veterans Memorial. Uh, when you watch them on defense, they kind of might be a mirror image of you guys because they run the 4-3. And mm -hmm. uh, it, it, In terms of just what you see against them, Tyson, what kind of jumps out to you in terms of things that you have to pay attention to as you all are preparing for this week? Um, well, it's what Coach Jones said. You know, they're really tall. Um, their whole defense, I think, is over six foot. Um, so they got length on them. Um, and then you got to look at the D-line, see what they got like to do. And then you got to look at the coverage guys, the, safe, the secondary, and see what, um, what coverages they like to run, whether it's two, four, six, man, whatever. 
Okay, and then for you, Haas, what's, uh, you know, when you look at that, again, with that length there, and of course, if they're going to probably be trained like any defensive lineman, if they can't get to you, they're going to get their hands up to try and shield you on passing windows. So what kind of things that you look at as you're preparing for this week against them? You know, Coach Jones talked about, you know, they're very similar to us. And, you know, what I've noticed is they're a very sound, disciplined football team that, you know, you know knows their assignment and they're going to execute it well. You know, they're not going to have very many self-inflicted mistakes, I would say. Um, so... You know, we're just, I'm just going to, as a quarterback, you know, recognize what they're doing, you know, in the secondary-wise and, you know, know what to do with the football when I have it in my hands because, you know, at their cornerback position, they're very smart, you know. The number four, one of their really good corners, does a really good job of, like, you know, reading the quarterback's footwork and, you know, based on what he's going to do off the quarterback's footwork. So, you know, I might have to change some things with that based on, you know, what kind of, you know, pass play or run play we're doing. Um, because he's ta- he's taking a few hitch routes, mm-hmm. you know, back to the house. Because you know e- either the quarterbacks, you know, doing you know quick game footwork, and you know he's been able to jump a route and things like that. So, you know, I'm gonna have to be disciplined with my eyes and feet uh, on Friday. But um, if we go out and play our football game and the brand of football we know how to play, and you know take care of the football and not have any self-inflicted mistakes, we should handle business against them. Because you know I have I have a lot of confidence because of these past few weeks that. If we go out there and, you know, just have fun and let loose, we should be just fine. And they're a defense, as we were talking previously with Coach Jones about the fact they have about 10 defensive touchdowns this year. Is there anything, you know, you were talking about just a moment ago, reading the quarterback's feet on some of those guys jumping routes. Anything else that you saw in any of those defensive scores that they put up that really jumped out at you? And I'm going to have you answer this too. Mm-hmm. Question, uh, Tyson, I'll start with you, Haas. Um. You know, they, they fly to the football, and they, they have a lot of care in what they do because, you know, they're a well-coached team. Their coaches, you know, won a lot of games, so that coach has experience, and he, it, it only just flows down from there, and they, they want it just as bad as we do. This is, I think, one of their first eight championship appearances in a while. And, you know, in 20 years, in yeah. 20 years, so, you know, they're going to come out ready to go, and especially against us. You know, everyone, everybody wants to beat Alito, and, um, you know, we just got to be ready to go because they fly to the football and, um, you know, they're going to be doing everything they can to, you know, turn the ball over on us, whether it's stripping the ball or, you know, contesting catches. Sure. And then Tyson, what did you see uh, as you're looking at what that defense does? Um, well, I mean, I'd say the exact same thing that Haas said. Um, you know, they got great coaches, um, so they're going to be coached well. And when you have a defense that's coached well, they're going to go fly, go try to create turnovers, and it's the last game of the year. They're going to try to do everything they can to put the ball on the ground to get our offense off the field. Um, but I think the biggest thing with like the picks, the pick sixes and whatnot, um, I think is the receivers mm-hmm. are selling, or they're not selling the route enough. And I think with our guys, uh, the guys that we got in our receiving core, I don't think that would be an issue. Final game for you guys uh, as a little Bearcats. Uh, how sobering is that to know that this is it? I mean, Nobody knows when their weeks, mm-hmm. if they're a playoff team, they don't know when their season is going to end. Um, but for you guys, you actually know this is going to be it for you. So what kind of goes through your mind? I'll start with you, Haas, on this in terms of just realizing that this is it. And then you, you start a new chapter in January over at TCU. Man, it's, it's been awesome. I couldn't have been any more blessed to play for a program like this for the past three years. Um, it's... Uh, <laughs> I can't believe it's almost over. Like today is my last Monday practice. All throughout practice, I was like, "This is this is our last Monday of doing inside hole. This <laughs> never gonna do this again." But um, you know, the emphasis throughout playoffs is like leave no regrets, take it all in because you don't know when your last moment's gonna be. So 
take advantage of everything, whether it's, you know, watching extra film on, you know, whatever they're doing defensively. Right. Or, you know, doing a few extra reps in the weight room or whether it's, you know, running this route a little bit harder or, um, you know, running out my play fakes a little bit more. Um, but I'm just so grateful to have Coach Jones as an OC the past two years and him being the head coach this year. He's been a wonderful mentor for me, and I wouldn't be the quarterback that I am without him. And, you know, the OC now, Coach Williams, um, Alito is a special place in my heart and always will have a special place in my heart. And, you know, I'm proud to be a Bearcat. I'm going to be a Bearcat the rest of my life. And, you know, I'm going to go out there and put my heart on heart and body on the line for my team on Friday because, you know, I want to I want to go out with a bang and win another state championship and, you know, start his head coaching off the right way. And, you know, I could, I could say a whole lot more about <laughs> what it means to be a Bearcat, but... And, yeah. then, and then for you, Tyson, just uh, just the fact that here it is coming up on mm -hmm. Friday. Um, honestly, it's a bittersweet moment. Um, you know, I mean, it really sucks that it's coming to an end. I wish I could play <laughs> for I don't even know how much longer. Um, but, you know, I'm glad that we have the team that we have, the coaches that we have, the culture that we've created here. And I'm glad that we can go out with a bang in the state championship uh, and bring home a uh, 12 all right and then uh, we'll get to uh, final things on recruiting with you of course Hoss you've already been committed to TCU for several months and uh, uh, you're going to be enrolling in Jan you're going to be signing on December 20th you're going to be enrolling in January here and we were just talking about this uh, because of the way this has been jammed in there you can't actually do your official visit because of the way things have been crunched in there um, but I think given the way how well you know that campus, you could be the one giving the official tour visits to everybody else, right? Definitely. That's why I like it. <laughs> I would like to do the official visit, but I've been up there so much the past couple months and my whole life that there's nothing really new to like show me up there. <laughs> I've kind of been around everything. But. Yeah, you might want to show yeah, all, the, all the players that are coming in with you. Maybe you haven't seen this or you haven't yeah. seen that, that sort of thing. And then, Tyson, we were talking before our segment started that your recruiting has started to pick up here. So kind of shoot everybody, uh, fill everybody in on what's been going on with you. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the past, I think, two weeks have uh, all done a bunch of offers, um, some smaller the D2, D3 schools, and then um, the two three biggest ones that I've gotten right now are uh, this past two weeks are Davidson, Butler, and uh, Colorado School Mines, which is the number one Division II school in the nation. And they play uh, in the championship uh, Saturday in McKinney. Um, but, you know, I'm just grateful um, that I get the opportunity to go play at the next level because uh, a lot of guys can't say that. So I'm just grateful, you know. You know, it started, I mean, it happened late, but I'm just glad that it uh, I actually get the opportunity to go play. Do you have official visits set up with any of those schools? Are you trying to get those set up in January? Um, so for right now, uh, my mindset through this whole thing has been focused on high school football mm -hmm. and winning the state championship. And then uh, after we win, um, then I'll figure, out all that, figure all that out. But uh, I don't want to pay attention to all that right now. I just want to focus on this team. All right. Sounds good, man. Listen, congratulations to both of you on this run so far. One more to go. Let's get it done on Friday against Smithson Valley. That's Haas Haney, the quarterback for the Bearcats of the last two years. And then that's Tyson Timms, the tight end for the Bearcats of the last two years. Guys, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Third segment of the uh, Coaches Show podcast. We'll be right back. We'll have Jake Gillespie and Devon Keyes. Stick around. 
And we're back for the third segment of the Alito Coaches Show podcast, the state championship edition. And now we're going to be brought to you by the, uh, the defensive side by Jake Gillespie and Devon Keyes. Before we do that, just another reminder that H5 Sports Barn and Knife Physio and Performance can help unlock your athletic potential and elevate your game like the Alito Bearcats with expert sports physical therapy tailored to recovery plans and top-notch sports performance training. H5 Sports Barn, proud supporters of the Alito Bearcats. Okay, safety Jake Gillespie, linebacker, and running back extraordinary Devon Keys are joining me here. Guys, uh, welcome. Uh, just talk about this uh, performance against Forney on uh, Friday night, 43-7. And, and again, I was talking to Haas Haney and Tyson Timms about this and Coach Jones, but the fact that you guys got after them and this thing was pretty much over like around the middle of the second quarter, their touchdown notwithstanding, that surprised you how fast this thing you know, reached that kind of, where you could sense this was kind of over without naming the score. What did you think about that, Jake? Well, I think everybody knows we're capable of doing that, but it was just a matter of executing all three phases. And I think last week we kind of put all that together and knows the outcome. Okay, and then for you, Devon? Uh, I definitely had confidence in our defense and the offense and the whole team as a whole. Um, I knew we were going to go out, go uh, hard, play fast, play physical, and I had confidence in everybody that we were going to steamroll them. And that's it. That's kind of what happened, yeah. Okay, so think about this. Javion Osborne... Their 2,100-yard tw- rusher, 37 touchdowns coming into this game, 13 carries, 49 yards, and if it wasn't for the 22-yard touchdown run, he had 12 carries for 27 yards. When you looked at him and defending him, getting ready to defend him uh, last Friday, Jake, I'll start with you. What was the key that you felt like, obviously, defensive front push notwithstanding, but what did you think was going to be the key of really containing him and making him earn everything that he got? Well, uh I really had a lot of confidence in our D-line, and when they went out and executed, I didn't, I didn't really see a whole lot of them from the safety. <laughs> so you were kind so. of bored, weren't you? Yeah, didn't get a whole Did lot Did you get the night off? Yeah, I did. Uh, okay, yeah, I thought you they did. They gave me one night off. You didn't get the night off, though. I mean, you were kind of involved with him quite a bit, though, in terms of just, you know, watching him in terms of just physical, being as physical with him. What stood out to you in terms of just having shut him down, and what did that mean to you? Uh, in terms of just limiting a guy like this. So watching him during warm-ups, he was definitely a great back, had great vision. He could move really well. Uh, the D-line gave great assistance, and it was a matter of me- matching his physicality and not giving him too much space to work with. Okay, you guys forced three turnovers. You got the couple of interceptions, and, of course, that's a live ball on the squib kick on the uh, kickoff to start the third quarter, or early in the third quarter, rather opportunistic. I mean, what did that mean for you guys to just be cap- – and we'll get to the block punt here in a second. Um, I haven't forgotten that. And so, But just being opportunistic here and creating, creating that kind of situation, that's been really waiting for this defense to do that. What did that mean to get that kind of productivity and that part of the defense, Jake? Well, I think it helped us out a lot because in the past, during their playoff run, they didn't, they didn't give up a whole lot of opportunities. And when we got those opportunities, I think we took advantage of it and it played in our favor. Okay, and then Devon, okay, so we'll get to the block punt here. So just, it seemed like to me that they were very casual. Adifel, their punter, like on the first one, you guys actually had an opportunity to block that. I think Kai came in and then kind of pulled off at the last second. But then I, I wonder, though, if you guys had noticed something saying they were being real casual and I don't want to say lackadaisical, but I mean, it was too... They weren't, they weren't urgent with getting the punt off there. Did you guys notice that? And then obviously you took advantage of it on the second punt. So we did notice going into the week, watching film of their special teams, 
we saw that their punt was very slow and methodical, and we knew we'd have a lot of chances at blocking it, and it was just a matter of executing. Okay, so when you were you pretty much on block there, or did you or were you able to squirt through there? How did that kind of unfold for you? So this was actually the first game I had a chance to block the punt, and it was in the game plan to when we go block, I'm rushing through the A gap, and I set it up. So first time I attacked straight between the blockers. So they expected that the second time, and I went right around them and blocked the punt. Okay, and then you didn't finish it because then you fell down at the 22-yard line. So what's up with that? I was chasing after the ball. had a bad bounce, a little <laughs> off balance. Just had to get the ball first. All right, so for you guys, though, I mean, but this was one of the – this was the game, though. I mean, and you all have played so well throughout the course of the year, but, I mean, this was seems so complete versus any of the other games that you all played. Offense was quick, again, over 300 yards rushing. You guys limited them to 200 yards total, uh, and maybe it wasn't even that. But And then forcing the turnovers, and then the special teams kicked in. What did that performance say about where you guys are at as a team because of what's riding at stake? We'll start with you, Devon. It said a lot about the hard work and dedication we've put in. If you compare our games from week one to week 15, it's a drastic difference. And it really goes to show that We've been getting better each and every game, and we're not taking anything lightly, and we're going into every game like it's our last. Okay, and then for you, Jake, what's been, what did that performance mean to you guys in terms of just you personally, but maybe guys in the secondary, about having that kind of complete performance? Well, I think we've just been improving every week, and it's, it's a good thing that we're having this now because we want to be playing our best ball now. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the uh, offense there for Smithson Valley. Again, they scored 49 points in their win over Brownsville Memorial. They have nearly 600 points scored for the, the season. I mean, the quarterback, Rylan Walker, uh, we'll start with you, Devon. What do you see with him? What kind of stands out to you in terms of just what he's capable of doing and what you all have to look for in this game? He's definitely a great quarterback. His uh, play fakes are very they're very good. Not much to say about it. Um, he has a great ball. He can fit in the tight windows. Uh, he has great pocket presence. And we're definitely going to have to focus on containing him. Okay, and then sliding over to the wide receiver, uh, Jake, in terms of uh, Texas commit Freddie DuBose. Um, big physical guy. May not be the speed burner like Taz Williams was at Red Oak or anything like that. But what do you see from him that presents the challenge for you all in the secondary? Well, I think he's a very good athlete, but I think we've played some very good athletes in the past, especially on this playoff run, and I trust that our corners and me and Boogie were going to be just as athletic as he is. And and you and Boogie have been pretty quiet. I mean, and I, wanna, I don't want to say that in a negative way, but you guys have been quiet, but doing your job so much that you know, nobody talks about how well these safeties have played. What's been the communication like with you and Boogie throughout the course of this playoff run? Because... You, you, it's been such a it's been such a great air defense back there. What's been the, what's that been like with you and Boogie this year? I mean, just staying on the same page, having good communication, and then in in the run game, we're not getting a whole lot of action because our <laughs> D line's doing pretty good right now. That's a, again, you got you got Friday off, so you should be physically ready to go, right? Yes, um, okay, so they have two running backs. We're not sure about Brad Sowersby, their other running back who got hurt against uh, Brownsville uh, Veterans Memorial, but uh, Daniel De Hoyas had a couple of touchdowns against them. Anything that you stand that you see on him, and just the overall running game as far as uh, 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 Smithson Valley is concerned. So overall, they have a great two back system. They do well of pairing the speed of twenty six with the uh, physicality of the other running back, and they do a great job at carrying out play fakes and faking to one running back and then giving it to the other to try to confuse the defense. Okay, and then for you, Jake, I mean. 
because you're going to be used on run support in some form or fashion. But what stands out about their running game that you're that will be important for your for the, for the last line of defense to take care of on Friday? Well, I think they have a really good O line. I think they have receivers that'll go out and block, and they're not afraid to to be physical. So. Just out physical in them and getting to the running back, that'll be the key. Okay, guys, so um, I asked this of Haas and Tyson uh, earlier in terms of just this is it. This is the last game for you guys as Alito Bearcats. And, I, you know, this has been an exceptional journey. Won a state championship last year, going for another one this Friday evening. Um, what's this journey been like for you and knowing that this – there's kind of sobering that it's coming to an end too, but, but what's it been like for you on this journey? We'll start with you, Devon. It's definitely been a great journey starting from freshman year and having to work my way up to varsity and the many great people I've met along the way. It's definitely something I can't truly explain or express how grateful I am for. Okay, and then for you, Jake. I mean, it's been great for me since I moved here uh, going into my junior year, and I'm just excited to play this Friday, even though it's going to be our last game. I want to go out with a bang. Okay, guys, uh, um, just a reminder here that Devon will be signing with LSU on the 20th of December. And then he will be enrolling early in January down in Baton Rouge. Is that correct? That's still the case? Yes. All right, that is correct. And then, uh, Jake, you've uh, committed to, and you will be signing with Stephen F. Austin uh, down in Akadosha's also on the 20th. And then you're looking at scheduling your official visit uh, to them sometime in January. Yes, sir. And then you'll be enrolling in uh, the summer then. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. Two of the gentlemen here that are part of this amazing uh, 2024 recruiting class for uh, the Alito Bearcats. Again, the uh, Bearcats going for their state, their 12-state championship this Friday night against Smithson Valley. Jake, Devon, thanks for being with us today. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Again, a reminder that the Bearcats are going for their 12-state championship, their 14th appearance overall, 7 o'clock kickoff at AT&T Stadium against the Smithson Valley Rangers. The Bearcats are looking for state title number 12. They already have the lead of any uh, program across the state of Texas with the most currently at 11. They want to get that to a dozen here. And again, we hope that you'll join us at 6.30 on Hank FM with the pregame show. Kickoff is at 7 o'clock. And if you aren't able to uh, join us out at uh, AT&T Stadium, of course, you can listen to us on the app or you can can listen to us. You can turn down the television sound and you can turn us up. We will be back here next week to wrap things up and then we'll also look ahead to a National Signing Day, which will be on the 20th. We will talk to you all next Monday at Jake's. Again, everybody safe drive out to AT&T Stadium or if you're not, just make sure that you watch the Bearcats and listen to us and see if they can get state championship number 12. We'll talk to you all next week. I'm Kevin Lonquist. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Alito Bearcats Coaches Show podcast, brought to you by H5 Sports Barn in Alito, with Bearcats head coach Robbie Jones and the voice of the Bearcats, Kevin Longquist. Please like and subscribe to this podcast and tell a friend. You're also welcome to join us in person every Monday night at 7 from the new Jake's Burgers, 601 FM 1187 in Alito. And then listen to every Alito Bearcats game, home and away, live on 92.1. One Hank FM on the free 92.1 Hank FM app or online at 921HankFM.com. The Alito Coaches Show podcast is a production of Real Country, Hank FM.